What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Dusty Dimes podcast? I am your host, TJ Plogger, with my co-host, Tucker Hammer. What's up, Tuck? Not a whole lot, TJ. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Doing well. Tired. You know, work, hockey, at the rink, you know, nonstop with my guys and Lanny's team. Just, it's, I, I enjoy it, but I, it's very overwhelming. <laughs> Nope, I understand that. But um, yeah, we got a good good epi today. Uh, we are going to have uh, Lindy Snyder on. That is the daughter of the late great Ed Snyder, the you know owner of the Philadelphia Flyers. Yep, absolutely. So, so I'm I'm excited to have her on. Um, been texting her, you know, back and forth here about being on the podcast and everything and she seems pretty cool seems like a cool cool lady to talk to hopefully she's you know got some good stories you know to tell about her dad and her time with philadelphia and i read something on that you know you'll appreciate i she's very you know involved in the cannabis community is that so i i believe so so I mean, that's what I want to talk to her. The first thing I want to talk to her about is that, what she, how her involvement is with the uh, cannabis company. Cannabis yeah, in, in, industry, industry, not company industry. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure she, she has stories for days, you know, be, being around the Philadelphia Flyers. Growing up with that, I mean, I'm, yes. sure, I'm sure there's plenty of stories going around. Oh, absolutely. Diehard, you know, Philadelphia sports fanatic, any sports team. And it's Philly's just, you in know, the World Series, man. You got to love that. I know. I know, man. I'm, I'm pretty juiced for that tomorrow. I went and picked up, you know, a good six-pack for tomorrow night. Hopefully, you know, I picked up my red, white, and blue Smirnoff drink. Philly's colors, Philly's colors. So, you find, are you finally shifting away from the blue chair bay? No, no. I mean, that's that's just like that's for that's for special occasions, you special know. Occasions. I don't, I just don't want to I don't want to jinx anything because you know when they were in the wild card round, I drank, you know, the smeared off red, white, and blue, the red, white, and berry, mm-hmm. as they call it. So I drink that, and I'm very superstitious when it comes to. No, like not, you. <laughs> not at all. Not, not you. No, not at all. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I, I, I am, I'm pretty, pretty juiced, you know, for just the city, you know, the city needs it, you know, with, with the, with the flyers starting out good, the Eagles starting out six and oh, now the Phillies, it's, it's a great, great time. I was gonna say the sports atmosphere in Philly's just got to be pumping right now. It is. It's it's crazy. It's. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. I don't know if you saw the whole thing with them greasing greasing the poles. Did you see that? Yep, absolutely. And everybody still got up on top. Yeah, yeah. So, but did you see what the new thing about it is? They have an adult entertainment uh, industry <laughs> wanting to send ga- or like barrels of lube. So people um, still can't, people can't climb 
climb anything. I'm like, that's not going to stop anybody. If they win the World Series, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that light pole is just going to come down. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't anything really bad. I mean, it's I didn't I didn't hear anything bad like set on fire or flip over cars. It's just if I think if it goes to a game seven and they lose, that's when shit will hit the fan. Yeah, absolutely. That's when I think something bad will happen, and I I really don't really don't want that to happen just for the city and just for the the fan base obviously gets looked at as you know we're evil we're evil people because we're yep. diehard fans yep know? yep yep as soon as that hits the news that's what the headlines oh be. yeah it's it's ridiculous but it happens everywhere man it, it really does well, i mean you look at any championship i mean you got fans at riots you got fans that go crazy same shit happens every single year. Oh, it happens everywhere, no matter what. I mean, even even when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you know, they the worst thing that I, I saw that happen was fans were eating horse shit. Off. Jesus, you look over in foreign countries like in Ireland and yeah. stuff like that, an exhibition soccer game, people are getting stabbed in bars. Yeah. Cheering for the wrong team. So oh. talk about passion. And... Those guys are I know. insane it's, over there. It's crazy. It's crazy. Did you hear? I wanted to bring up the news to you because you know you're you like betting on football. And uh, did you hear the news with Tom Brady and Giselle? Yes. What is your yes, take? I... What's your take on that? <sighs> you honestly, know, I've honestly, always, I've always been one to say you've got to have something to fall back on outside of sports. Yep. Okay, so he's got Giselle, he's got the family, he's had a more than successful career. Oh God! What more do you have? What what more? What more do you have to prove? What more I mean, do you honestly, have to prove? I mean, your your marriage is on the line right now, and you want to go out and prove yeah. what you can win one more and be the oldest motherfucker to do it? Like why? It doesn't it doesn't solve anything? I mean, why? You know, it's seven. He's got seven Super Bowl wins. Seven. Okay, like, but they're taking a skid right now. They don't go to the Super Bowl. Giselle leaves, and what does he have? Out, what does he have to go home to in the off season? Nothing. Empty, empty house. It's you gonna sound like would... you and me betting on sports with a six pack of Smirnoff Red, White, and Blue. <laughs> what I wanted to ask though is, you know, what what's he gonna like? Obviously, he's not. He's gonna have to work. You know what I mean? It's yep. he's gonna get. Yep. He's gonna he's gonna get bored. You know, it's that he's going to have to have something fall back onto, meaning, you know, sports casting or an analyst or something like that. Oh, I'm sure we'll see him and Tony Romo sitting in the booth together somewhere. True. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have uh, Lindy Snyder. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, we just want to thank you for taking the time out to uh, speak with us here for a little bit. Um Regarding, you know, like stuff that I asked you about that we could speak about, you know, meaning the Flyers, your dad. But more importantly, I, I read something and I just want to know if it's true. Like, you're involved in the cannabis industry, correct? Yes. Can you talk about that? Because uh, a co-host is very intrigued in that. Okay. Um, <laughs> your involvement. I was going to say that's a, that's a way to introduce me. But that yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, listen, I've been involved for a long time and mm-hmm. um, I have a, actually a, a small fund um, 
where you know we we make investments people can invest in the fund and be invested in parts of the industry and i i got involved very early because of the medical uh, benefits and um saw that you know with what's happened with insurance and stuff you know people can't even afford medicines but the cannabis could really solve a lot of problems for different conditions and and then frankly you know even when my dad was very sick Mm-hmm. Um, and he had been given sort of classic, you know, pain medication for his cancer. Yeah. Even that didn't completely cover it. And um, what was really awful is I was speaking to the, his doctor. And yeah. my dad had something called an intrathecal pump at that time, which is when they implant something that gives you the pain meds regularly. And that okay. gave him a lot more relief. And the, the main thing is I said to the doctor, oh, that's a great invention. And he said, well, it's great if you can afford it. And I said, what do you mean? I, I mean, does that mean that people can't get this if, if they can't pay for it outright? And he's like, yep. yeah. And, you know, it's amazing because that's unfair. It means two people with the same cancer and the same pain level yeah. um, would have different levels of pain and that made me furious well my dad though was very against me originally getting into the cannabis industry (laughs) he and i argued a lot about it and i don't know i kept sending him articles and it became more acceptable to the point where he uh he sent me something he wanted to co-invest in 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 the cannabis industry so that turnaround was fun and surprising (laughs) to say the least Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, he was very supportive. But look, I mean, I think that, you know, I've been involved with advocacy for cannabis use for for pro sports mm-hmm. um, to replace use of, you know, meds that people get addicted to and, and cause problems down the road. And, you know, you've seen how this has changed, you know, that the leagues are helping support research around it and, you know, it's becoming pretty much acceptable across the board, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, have you have you gotten involved with uh, Riley Cote? Because I know he's huge into yes this as well. Because we had him on earlier, like early, earlier in the show, and you know he he said nothing but great things about it. And oh, yeah. it's it's really he said it's really helps out the athletes. It you does. know after so. No question. And he is extremely knowledgeable. And as a matter of fact, he and I've worked together on lots of projects awesome. um, uh, throughout the years. And um, he is one of the more knowledgeable people, full stop, around the industry. And then, of course, now also around psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, and you see that plant medicine is really taking over, that even... Um, traditional medicine has really embraced the use of psychedelics for intractable depression. And um, it's really, really going to just continue to grow um, as an acceptable treatment uh, alternative. Now you say that, and I, I don't know what I saw a video before. I don't know if it was like a Parkinson's or something like that. It was like a guy that was shaking. I believe it was Parkinson's and they dabbed. I think it was like CB tongue in. Is that what you're talking about? 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen that video, and it's it's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? Where, um, yeah, it's it's a gentle couch correct? Is that the one? Yeah, and and there's others, and cannabinoids are no noted for helping with movement disorder, yeah. and I think one of the reasons that it became legal for medical uses, not only for stuff like that, but for epilepsy, and especially in children, and you know, the kind of medicines they would give kids had horrible side effects and um, it didn't really do a great job. Yeah. And, and CBD was doing the job. And, you know, so it wasn't sort of like the normal, you know, types and the activists that really brought legalization about. But it was really parents uh, or people like you've seen with Parkinson's and other conditions. Um, because it actually truly works without without all these. Man, I tell you the shit we <laughs> have to deal with with Anchor. I swear to Christ, like she's in mid mid sentence and the shit just fucking disconnects. Invite your friends to come record with yeah. Anchor. No, yeah, I please will do not. that. Yeah, I please, will not. Please join Anchor. It's a free fucking platform to kick you to fucking curb right away. Fuck you guys. Like, enjoy your free 45 seconds of having a podcast. After that, go fuck yourself. Like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> like, I feel terrible because, like, I, she's almost like I was on, like, texting her and she thought, like, we kicked her off. Like, I didn't kick you off. <laughs> Like uh, we we understand you're busy. We don't want to fuck with your time. We yeah, yeah. Like I just I, like I'm not I'm not here to fucking. Hey, guess what? We're gonna kick you off. Like, for who's listening right now? We've had nothing but issues with Anchor the whole time. But it's like, it's you know a convenient platform to come on and do a podcast. It's it's convenient. Actively searching for a new one. Very, very, very <laughs> much so. Very much so. Oh. So, oh my goodness. It was weird because like, I, you know, I just called, I just called you on the phone and it's, I'm literally like, you got, you disappeared, you know, Tucker disappeared. I got the notification on the thing, the screen is a Tucker disappeared. And then mid sentence as Lindy was talking, boop, see you later. Well, yeah, it seriously popped up. It said this recording has finished, like create an account or yada, 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 save your post or whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I guess that's it. Well, that recording didn't end. It just kicked us off. Lindy, we apologize. No problem. It's just we have from from podcast one till podcast now. It's literally it does that all the time. I don't mind. So <laughs> I didn't want you. Th- I didn't want you to think like we kicked you off or anything. Oh, no. Listen, hey, it's technology. I get kicked off my own phone all the time, too. <laughs> All right. Well, back back to what you know we were talking about. Can we jump into your dad? Your dad, sure. the greatest man in Philadelphia ever. I, I in my eyes. That's so nice. Thank you. you know, I love yeah. You know, he he did great things for the city. You know, the Flyers and everything. Now, your dad had the envision of bringing you know everybody that's you know a Philadelphian or a Flyers fan. You know, watch the videos of how he brought you know Philadelphia hockey. And, you know, you know, Flyers fans will cherish your family forever. But, you know, and, you know, you know, can you touch on, you know, obviously his envisions that he had for the city and, you know, bringing Stanley Cups to the city of Philadelphia? 
Yes. So he, well, he had come to Philadelphia from Washington, D.C., as you mm-hmm. know, um, to work with the Eagles. And yep. so we had been here a few years, and I don't remember that much as too little. Yeah. Um, and essentially, during those, I, I don't know which year it was, that someone took him to, I think a Rangers game. Mm-hmm. They took him to a hockey game. And, you know, of course, he was already, always a, already a sports freak. But he just absolutely fell in love with the sport. He was bowled over, thought it was the most exciting thing he had ever seen in his life. And you know how, as much as we all adore football, there's so much time between plays. And he, he just loved the energy of it. And, you know, soon after, found out that the league was, was going to expand and, and thought Philadelphia should have a hockey team. That it was so unbelievable. And so he... At that time, you know, modest income, you know, he wasn't wealthy by any stretch. And so put together a group of, of people and, and went to banks and everything else to try to, um, to get a franchise. Even, you know, uh, he put our house down as collateral that we lived in. Yeah. And he was that passionate for, for getting a team to Philly. And uh, they almost missed the deadline. Um, and, and when they got it, I mean, he was ecstatic and I think the timing was good because the relationship with Jerry Wallman at the Eagles at that time was, was not good. So, um, but the minute he saw a game and the minute he found out the league was going to expand, he was just hell bent on, on bringing a team to Philly. And of course, by then he loved Philly and we were here and, and part of the fabric of, of the community. So he just thought it was the ideal place for a team. I, I mean, and now it's, it's couldn't just, be more yeah. right on that one. Yeah. Oh now, my God. The first few years were rough, you know. Yeah. It wasn't I mean, a hockey town. Oh, I know, and now it's it, like, and we were just talking about before you came on. It's you know, a good time in Philadelphia just to be a sports fan all around. You know, oh. with. With the Eagles, the, you know, the Phillies, the Flyers right now starting out great. And, yeah. you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, your dad was a very, you know, energetic, had his mindset and, you know, loved the grit in Philadelphia. And, you know, in recent years, it, it's it's gone away from hockey and, and especially Philadelphia. Like, what would, you know, your dad say with bringing John Tortorella in as a hard-nosed coach as he is? I think he'd support that. I mean, certainly, you know, an opportunity. And I think that John is, you know, he's gritty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I think, I think that, you know, sometimes you need, you need that, you know, I think teams need different things at different times, you know, they ebb and flow. And, and the one thing that people forget is, you know, hockey teams, the players, and this is human capital, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you've got guys that, that get hurt, but you've got also guys that age out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're so used to the Flyers being, you know, contenders to such a level that when you when you start to have a dip, you know, you're having, you know, an ebb and flow that all teams are going to have because, like yeah. I said, you're going to have really great guys age out. Uh, you're going to have guys that want to go somewhere else or, or, or try, 
being in another city. Some guys don't, of course, you know, the flyers forever. But the bottom line is you there's always going to be periods of rebuilding, no matter what. Um, it doesn't matter how good your team is today. You know, these guys, they could win a Stanley Cup this year. And, you know, in a few years, uh, we're rebuilding again. But yeah. But the bottom line, I think what my dad would feel is, yeah, he'd say we're, we're in a rebuilding phase. He'd be committed to it. And I think this team is committed to it, yeah. recognizes, you know, we've got a lot more challenges these days, you know, salary caps and the like. Um, there, there's some challenges that, that were uh, always there. Right. And so mm-hmm. but look salaries have gone up i mean it's changed and the, what we paid for players you know 15 years ago oh my gosh i mean it's so different today and to be able to support that as a team is not easy um so the bottom line is what he would have done is recognized where we are and i think really been communicating that very well to our amazing local press, you know, the Philadelphia sports writers and, mm-hmm. and to the fan base themselves, a, a little bit more uh, transparency as to the plan. And I think that's what our fans are looking for. And, and I think that the organization has realized that. I think they, they get that now because one thing about Philly hockey fans is they're so smart. Mm-hmm. They, they know the, they know the game and they you cannot not you you can't communicate enough yeah i think to to philadelphia fans and i think my dad would have really done that to the greatest degree he could and i think that um it would have served well because what you have is a lot of people that i've seen you know on twitter that i've responded to they're angry because they're not knowing what's happening um and every organization has a different style. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, what I like to remind people is, look, people are like, oh, it's corporate. It's only corporate now. And, and Comcast is a Philly-grown company. Mm-hmm. It started out as a family business, just like ours. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'll tell you, Brian Roberts is as big a Flyers fan as anybody you're ever going to meet. And he went to the games as a kid. He's now running a huge company, but it was started by his dad and he's worked in his family business his whole life and he cares. And that, that bugs me when they're like, they don't care. Well, they do. Mm-hmm. Having said that. Yeah. They're, they're a big, a different entity, a corporate entity. And Brian has rightly put people in place to run his different companies and has to give them um, the authority uh, but this is a learning curve because, yeah, it's new management and there's always a, a learning curve. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I mean, if, yeah. You know, if you handed off the reins to this podcast to somebody tomorrow, there'd be a learning curve and everybody yeah. wouldn't like you as much uh, them as much as they like you. Yeah. And true. they'd have to get used to that person. Right. Yeah. But nonetheless, there's still a ton of frustration and. um. I, I think our attitude as a family was we came into this town as underdogs. and But Philadelphia sees itself sort of as an underdog next to New York or Washington. And that that's why there's this amazing connection, I think, 
between the flyers and, and, and the community and the Philly and the fans. And that what I, what I'm hoping is the Philly fans remember, like, we support our underdogs. Exactly. Exactly. We get behind them. Like the whole point is they don't have to be perfect, but you know what? They're in there working their asses off. And, and that's what, what I think my dad would say, look, wait, where, where did you go? Like, we're Philly. Now, now one thing I want to ask you is, you know, your dad was always, you know, adamant. He wanted the cup every year and he did what it took you know, to put the right personnel on the ice, the right personnel behind the bench. And I think that's where, you know, fans are getting upset about that because of like the rebuild that they're doing now. And they're not taking it serious as when, you know, Ed was up in the press box running the team. You know what I mean? Right. Well, let me say this. I think that I would tell you that the current, management wants a cup as much as anybody you know that oh, we all do we and, all do. yeah we all do and <laughs> yeah. that you know miss you know there you have to you have to try you're not always going to make mm-hmm. the greatest decision the first time out of the gate but you get somebody that appears to have what it takes they appear to have talent whether it be players or coaches etc that you've got enough belief in them and that, you know, you have to give them a try and, 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 and see how they pan out. I mean, look, you know, even in dad's years, he made, they made plenty of mistakes. Yeah. Sometimes we'd, we'd get say a phenomenal player in who was, you know, as talented as all get out, but might've been a head case, or, you know, was a bad leader or just didn't fit in, you know, with the team. Um, you know, there were trades made that, when our team was at at the tops that people would be like, what, what, why did we, why did we trade these, this guy? Yeah. And, but there's always a reason, you know, that, that sometimes is not apparent or has to be kept somewhat private um, for the sake of that player himself, potentially, or, or that personnel member, but it's never not truly thought through, you know, then or now. And believe me, a lot of mistakes were made. Um, so, I mean, my dad would always give someone he put in a position of, thor- of authority a chance, truly, mm-hmm. and support them to the absolute nth degree until it was no longer something that could be supported. Um, but he said, you can't give people responsibility without authority. And Maybe. so... Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So he would put someone in a position of authority, whether it's a GM or a coach, and then do his best not to second-guess them, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think you have that same type of attitude now where, you know, you've got Brian, he's got a team at the Flyers that he has faith in and that they have to have – the authority in addition to the responsibility, that's what they do. And, you know, I think Dave Scott is, is passionate about the team uh, for real, you know, and, and don't forget Dave was working with the flyers and my dad well before my dad died. Mm-hmm. And my father is the one that really, he had incredible faith in Dave Scott. And I think he would want to see Philly give him a chance uh, I think Dave's very, very passionate about the team. 
but it's also like you say too, you know, like say, you know, this year or, you know, three years down the road and flyers bring home a cup, you know, they'll forget everything they said about Dave and the organization and Chuck, right. you know, and his moves and everything. And that's right. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, born and raised in Philly, you know, outside of Philly and Chester, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, I, I know like, yeah, sometimes I get frustrated at some of the moves they make, whatever, but in reality, that's, that's what makes you a fan. You know what I mean? But right. in, in reality, like the upper management, it's doing it for a reason. Just like you said, you know, there it's, you got to give them a chance to put the right personnel right. out there. And, and sometimes you have someone that's perfect, but, and, and a, a bunch of different people, even in management and, and they may not gel, mm-hmm. but you don't know that until you, you, you give them a chance um, and you give it a chance to see. But one thing I said to, I was on a podcast uh, yesterday that mm-hmm. when I was doing some engagement in Twitter, you know, that people are just mad. They're so mad and really attacking. And, you know, I have to say, I loved it. Okay. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. And I loved it for a lot of reasons. But the number one reason is because it means people care. Exactly. It's when they stop yelling and screaming, that's when you get scared. And and the madder people are, you know, ma- anger is the flip side of love. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, you know, if you yell at your kid, it's because you want to keep them safe or you want to teach them a lesson or you, it's not because you don't care. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so that kind of passion is is very very wonderful to see even if people are pissed and it's like Mm -hmm. stay pissed and keep talking and 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 the main thing is for the organization to be responsive and talking back and you know i had a lot of dms with and i still do with a lot of people and just to be heard is is really what's important and the fact is our fans are so darn smart you know it's worthwhile listening to every single one of them. You know, I love, I love to read what everyone's writing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now you, you know, obviously you've been around the flyers your whole life. What would be your ultimate, you know, pretend you're, you're, you know, you're one of us. What would be your ultimate fan moment? My, which fun fan moment? Your, your ultimate fan, like being a fan, uh, like your ultimate fan moment. Oh my God. (laughs) There's so many. I don't know. The, the, the second you say that what comes to mind is I remember the parade. Oh my God. Yeah. That. Which one, which one? Both. Okay. (laughs) And I was young, but it was unforgettable. I mean, schools were closed. Uh, The cops were partying in the streets. There was just, it was like, I, I don't know. It was like, we won a war. Yeah. You know, I, the, but the ultimate thing for me, I got to tell you, when I, whenever I go in the arena to me, it's like someone gave me a shot of adrenaline, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's another thing, regardless of what is actually happening on the ice, Mm -hmm. you can't have a bad time at a hockey game. You can't. You can't. It is so much energy. It's so much fun. I mean, you know, it's a lot better than just going to see a movie. I mean, what else can you do that's that exciting? Even if, you know, we lost the game, I have a, an amazing night because nothing gives me that kind of energy or passion or excitement or, you know, and then taking my kids. Mm-hmm. And, and 
I don't know. I think for me, the whole thing is it's still a family affair, you know, and all fans kind of live and die with the ups and downs of the team, but they share the experience with their whole family, their friends, you know, and that's one thing to me, even when, look, I spent most of my career working there for the team, for the arena, all of it. And, um, you know, we had these, this generational fan base and which we still have. And there's no question that it's bind. It binds people together in this city. And, um, it, there's not, there's nothing really that replaces that. Yeah. That I can think of. And I think my dad loved that. He loved, loved the city of Philadelphia. He loved our fans. You know, he just, he just it was a love affair for, oh I, for absolutely sure. absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. now one thing i wanted to ask you i don't know if you can touch on it or if you don't want to touch on it just tell me is you know the the statues that were outside you know the kate smith issue and having her statue removed i admit that disappointed me um, you know obviously you know it was part of your childhood and it was a big thing that your dad did you know mm-hmm. and, and got and and i tell you like you know, I, I've, I have an 11 year old son that, you know, loves hockey. Hockey is his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when I took him, you know, to games and, you know, hit them, them playing the song or, you know, listening to Lauren Hart with Kate Smith on the big screen, like it, it, and I'm 41 years old and I, you know, I, I still get chills and I didn't even see her sing. You know what I mean? And I wasn't a part right. of that. You know what I mean? But it, it's, right. it's just a thing that, being a Philadelphian it's it's inside your blood you know and you get you get chills like that and it's just when I saw it I I get it it's just the way the world is today and I I was disappointed myself but you know for you Um, yeah look I will admit it surprised me I Mm -hmm. think that um because the team is owned by Comcast and they are a national company I think that they had to have a different sensibility about it yeah it, it it had a it had a bigger potential impact to not um respond that way however um my own perspective is look i you know i'm not i'm not i i don't like mob mentality around anything Mm-hmm. Right. And that I think what could have happened was a dialogue um, somehow with fans or with others. In other words, it, what we did respond to was a group that felt offended. Yeah. And yet anybody who was not offended you know, didn't get a voice. And what's happening in our society is that's what's happening is is certain people feel offended and they are the loudest voices in the room yep because if you're not offended you're not walking around saying hey i'm not offended yeah exactly exactly so so you're seeing this all through society um that this is typical they may not have even wanted to for all i know to remove it but that i think there was a knowledge that the problem was never going to go away Um, but I do think it could have been more of like, let's have a town hall about this. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I do think that the pressure that corporations are under now is extraordinary in everything. I, I mean, anything and everything get, can get canceled in, in a day. Oh, yeah. In an hour. And, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And people that were offended by that could only look at this one way with no nuance. Um, and those are not people that you can actually really have a dialogue with. Um, I, I personally think, you know, I'd have had a vote mm -hmm. or, or said, no, we're not removing it. She's here for one reason. Yeah. She's part of this team. And, um, but I, I just don't think at that time when all this kind of stuff was going on all over the country, I don't think that Comcast had a, a huge choice here. I really don't. Do I think they wanted to or like to do? I don't know how they felt about it. I can't speak for them, but looking at how all corporations are having to deal with these things is, uh, you know, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, but hey, what can I say? My dad, he would not have been woke. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He would not have been woke and he would have been deliberately not woke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That that's for sure. I can only speak for what I know about him. Now, um, last thing I want to touch on with you is, you know, do you have involvement in the youth hockey program that your dad created? Absolutely. Yes. Um, a lot of involvement. I'm on the board. Um, I love it. And it was truly something my dad said gave him probably the most meaning mm -hmm. of his entire life to, to be able to really touch the lives of kids in, in Philadelphia. And um, it's grown a lot and, and it's, people don't realize it's really not just about hockey. It's really about education mm -hmm. and, you know, they have a hockey program, but that's the hook. Yeah. To keep these kids in school and to tutor them, we provide food, uh, social counseling, medical help um, to the kids and their families. And these kids, they engage in this program and then they become leaders. And a lot of these kids, they're, they're, these, are, these are really, really some of the most underserved communities in the city. And where they had like maybe, I don't know, a 40% graduation rate, even from high school. Okay. Kids who come from our program have a 90 plus percent rate and go on to higher education or vocational schools. Yeah. And, and we try to help them right on through and they come back into their communities as leaders. And so, you know, my dad wanted to, to create leaders and, and to change, change these communities um, so we provide all the, all of the equipment cause hockey is an expensive sport otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. So Not we provide statement. all the, all the yeah. equipment to these kids and health checks and, and it's just unbelievable and meaningful and, and it changes lives for real. Absolutely. Um, there was something I, I mean, I wanted to, I'll, I'll wanted to bring it up to you, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to do it on the podcast. I'll talk to you separately about, you know, the program and everything. Okay. Um, just because I respect you, you know what I mean? You're, you're a great lady and you know, you came on to, to talk about it. Um, uh, but we want to thank you for coming on the podcast, for taking the time out and uh, wish you nothing but the best of luck. And thank you. I really right. enjoy talking to you guys and love the questions and, 
Well, again, again, your dad, greatest thing to happen to Philadelphia, bringing you guys there and bringing the team. Well, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Have a good weekend. Thank everybody. you. You too, Lindy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. So that was it. That's Snyder's daughter. Good, good, good half hour perspective. You know, well, we had 10 minutes of her talking about cannabis. We got to merge that on. (laughs) (laughs) Got to merge that on to this section here. So it's a good 40 minute section. And uh, next podcast we're going to have here is it's going to be a funny one. Because this guy, you know, he's he's an animal. He, you know, he played, you know, he, he's a living legend at Central Penn. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. And you'll understand why when I bring him on. You know, I told him he can't badmouth anybody by name. So he's going to use Team A, Team B, you know, John C, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but you're going to appreciate this kid on the podcast. I, I promise you. Right. 110% Tucker. Can't wait to hear him. Yeah. But, uh. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I uh, got another podcast coming up soon, so uh, just be on the lookout for it. And uh... stay dusty.